to episode four, are we? Uh, yeah, four. I'm losing count already. It's, it's a whirlwind. Five well, we missed a week. We're recording on a different day. It's we're all over the place. That's we, true. Don't, we don't even know where we are. Uh, but I'm pretty sure at this point uh, I know who I am. I'm John Kinte. I am Holly Davenport. And this is uh, Moronic Evolution, right? Uh, I, I think so. And I think we've been evolving pretty well. We ask ourselves whether we have been personally, but like as a show, I think we're doing all right. Yeah, we're we got we're changing. We got bits. We got we got some features. Audience submissions quite a bit, uh, which mm-hmm. which I, I think that'll be the the kind of meat and potatoes of this episode, right? We got a whole bunch of questions to yeah. answer and and suggestions and stuff. So we'll 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 make it happen. We got that hardcore fan base of people who oh, yeah. want to keep torturing us. Yeah, with the. Uh, questionable content which we appreciate <laughs> well I, I do want to start by talking about the intro which we now nah, fuck uh, which I'm, I'm aware that we still haven't changed it from from face it's delightfully simple guitar yeah sure um i really like it i don't know what we're gonna do uh, and i have written down one intro actually planned something which of course we haven't so. <laughs> well i mean i have some I, okay i've been working on something oh yeah i've been i've been I'm happy to leave it right there. Like gathering uh, instruments and methods to record said instruments, so that I can put together this little, tiny little thing that I've been working on. But that's that's what I got at the moment. That sounds like a, a wonderful progress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. I just, you know, I, I'm I'm starting a new job, uh, that takes up a lot of my time. I'm already like this is my second week I'm about to go into, and I'm already scheduled yeah. for fifty two hours, fifty three hours. Uh, this week, so I'm gonna be busy. <laughs> That's so, okay. Uh, you know, I th- I think uh, as you say, with the audience uh, feedback, we can have more than enough material to l- literally just sit down, and start recording, and, and read yeah, some yeah. of these things out. It can I be, agree. You know, uh, but yes, intro music is coming. It's on, it's on its way. What would you like to do next? Uh, well, we have a lot of questions. We had a lot of of audience submitted questions that we could answer. We sort of started a bit of collecting questions for uh potential guests yeah i i like the idea well here's the thing i'm torn because i like the idea of gathering this this list of questions to ask guests when we eventually have guests but i like the idea of the audience submitting questions and us just kind of answering them like with our own like what we think so i think this can kind of be a combination bit absolutely uh, I, I think I think us asking each other, each other the questions, a way of testing them out, is is not only a, a way to spark off conversation, but it's also a way of seeing right. if they're good questions. Because if we find the experience positive, I want to ask other people the same things. Yeah, totally. That's good. Um, as, so I can, <laughs> as long as those submitting know that just because they ask us a question doesn't mean we're going to be repeating it in every guest yeah. that comes on. <laughs> Yeah, so I like, imagine what's your some mischief there? What's your social security number? <laughs> right. like, that's, <laughs> nope, not gonna happen. <laughs> um, I can start with one. Sure. Uh, this is one that Della sent me uh, just a couple hours ago uh, as a suggestion. She says, "What is something that you like slash do that people wouldn't guess, even if they knew you?" Mm, interesting. There are definitely things that I find out about people, and I think, really. Is, is that I mean a perfect perfect example is is uh, just last night you mentioned that you had been to uh, a, a live performance of a, of a band and 
and I and I was like, "Oh, what band was it?" And you said, "Ah, fuck, you know, just a." <laughs> just a, a local band you know but then you were mentioning how how heavy the music was and i was surprised because mm. i'm into some quite heavy music and you and i have just stuffed every waking moment of our friendship with movies and books that we haven't That's had time i was to, gonna mention that later on in the episode is that to realize, we've been friends for a long time and we talk about content like or, or like not content what am i thinking of media that's the word i was like things people uh, we, we talk about media all the time oh yeah and we've never talked about what kind of music we like and apparently we, there's a lot of crossover yeah and, and and i and i was just stopped in my tracks i was like really i didn't i didn't and it's not because yeah. i didn't it didn't make sense i just never thought of it i was like oh well that's good well you know yeah i think that that's a good answer for me um because like i you don't you have only seen me like physically a few times mm-hmm. and i'm a, i mean people who know me like in person are like yeah big six foot two giant scary dude long black hair metal t-shirts like i'm sure he likes metal but if you just talk to me like i'm not i'm not an angry person right i'm not like an aggressive person i don't usually like i don't know i just like i i don't feel like personality wise i seem like the person that would listen to like de- my favorite song by my favorite band is called kingdom of guts and the, the the band is called Spite, and they're a deathcore band from the Bay Area. So it's like that is that's my favorite band. Like that's some of my favorite yeah. music ever. Uh, and people just I don't know. I feel like that's something that's not uh, uh, not super apparent to people who just like know me personality wise. I think I have a similar experience. Um, you know, growing up, I went through all of the sort of like, well, I don't know how to describe it. My sister was a couple years older than me, and she was into. Uh, um, rock and metal before I was and she introduced me to some of it and I was getting Queens of the Stone Age and Papa Roach and things like that oh, nice. thrown at me as well as like yeah, Scar yeah. And, and that kind of stuff mixed in uh, and I was just like oh yeah pop punk and like this kind of grunginess and a sort of hard rock you, you know as you call it rather than proper metal stuff mm-hmm. and then I went deeper and I found like you know real heavy stuff that I really enjoyed and and I've sort of come out to a place of mixture I, I like a lot of stuff but most of it's got guitar and drums in it and and i think often people don't see the heavier side of it as making sense for me one of my favorite bands is maximum the hormone who are a, a japanese i love i love maximum the hormone I, i've seen them live twice and i'm so jealous of you the, the only times i'm aware of that they've come to the uk i managed to get tickets and um oh the first time they were they were supporting uh enter shikari and uh, who I'm not a fan of. And I turned up okay. and it was like 14 year olds as far as I could see, except for me oh, and my no. friends. We were the only ones with facial hair, you know, like we turned up to see the support <laughs> act. So we, we went in and we watched Max and Hallman, they were amazing live. And then we we were leaving and they were like, oh, do you want your hand stamps? You can come back in. And we were like, nah, we're not stopping. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It was great. And it was such a good experience, like road tripping to, to yeah. this random university down south where it was almost all students and kids and uh, yeah, it was great, and and I think when I play that sort of thing for people, where it's all growls and streams and rap metal, people are like, really? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's fair. Uh, uh, but but I uh, similarly to you, I have a beard and long hair, and I don't wear hmm. band t shirts very often. But uh, I, I'm not, I don't hide my enjoyment of it, so I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever really surprised. Um. Quick tangent, and then we'll get to the next question. Because sure. uh, Della's next question is also about music, so that's a good little segue. But quick tangent about um, the, <laughs> the the t shirt thing. A yeah. lot of my wardrobe consists of a brand of clothing called Death Saves. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It I'm is not. 
it is Joe Manganiello's uh. clothing line that are like old school heavy metal t-shirts, but they're all about D&D. Uh, I so like have the, heard that he's hugely into D&D. The one that I'm wearing right as we speak uh, has death saves all down one sleeve. It's a long sleeve shirt. The other sleeve says total party kill. And on the back, it says dungeon master in like a super heavy metal. <laughs> so it's like I get all the time. I was in the music store today and they're like, oh, that's a cool shirt. Is it from like a band? And I'm like, no, it's <laughs> it's Dungeons and Dragons. Well, when he said death saves, I was like, well, that's just D&D to me. Yeah, no, it's, that's that's yeah. why it's called death saves. Uh, uh you you mentioned Della's next question. She sent you about music. Uh, mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention. Um, I was talking to Della this week, and she inspired me to write down a question, which is also tangentially related to this. Oh, okay. Uh, which was, what is something that you don't tell people about yourself until you really know them, because you're worried they'll think you're lame. But then, when you're good friends, it's all just part of who you are. And I feel like that really relates, like what people don't expect of you, and I, you're not going to say it until like. You know you can trust them to not be like, excuse me, what? Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> all the things, everything. Well, I, I, Dungeon, I, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, I see anime. I, on that. I don't care about like, those things. I mean, yeah, but like, I, I don't know. Like, I have a very good perspective on this because I, I just started a new job mm-hmm. and they're like all getting to know me and like there's right. all, all, all new people who are all into different things. Um, And it worked out well because... um. A, a fun thing, another thing about my appearance is that I look fucking 12 years older than I actually am. <laughs> I'm I'm 22. People regularly think that I'm like 33. Like that's that's generally where they think that I am age-wise. Um, so, so the first thing that happened is they found out that I was only 22 and they lost their shit because they're like, oh, my son's older than you. Like I get that all the time. <laughs> my son's older than you. Like I get all, all the time. Um, and one of the guys was like, oh, so you're the right age. Do you like anime? Uh, and I was like, I, I, I wasn't sure where he was going because a lot of the times older like he's he, this guy's probably like mid 40s yeah uh, and, and and he'll be like the, the guys will be like oh yeah my son used to watch like naruto on toonami and it's like oh okay i didn't do that like but that's cool yeah. like I, that's sort of close to the anime like and he's like yeah man i just finished demon slayer i just got well, through wow. jujutsu kaisen like and he's rattling off all these modern anime and he's like yeah i really liked it when they did this i just saw the movie and i was like damn dude you're older than my dad and you're just like rolling through all these anime so it worked out for me but um i do like i don't know i'm i i find myself strangely closed off about a lot of that stuff mm. because i know that while it has become a lot more socially acceptable it's it's also like sometimes when you're talking to older people in a professional environment they'll be like what the fuck are you like oh, yeah. 17 years old what's going on it's it's definitely nerdy but i think nerdy has become so acceptable that sure uh, if you can find a way to relate to some kind of media i think it's fine most people say oh interesting I'm, i don't know anything about that um i because i'm in my late 30s i'm of the age where when i was at college when i was about 17 the only anime you could get was like on vhs mm-hmm so I had friends who introduced me to it at that point. I watched Akira and uh, Ninja Scrolls and, and all those classics like on VHS. Nice. Um, so any older than 40, you're pretty much going to be too old for it. At that point, you're going to be 20 by the time you you know, you know get a VHS of, of whatever it is. And right. I can totally see how anyone who is <laughs> you're going to be working with of working at that age might be like, yeah, that's not, not a thing I do. But, right. uh, yeah. I was super surprised when that guy was like, "Yeah, I'm into like like I guess his son got him into it, and he just yes. like, fell in love with it, which is awesome. Like that's super cool." Um, 
but I just didn't expect it. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm cool being a little more comfortable here. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I don't know if I really have answers to to these questions. Um, what is no. something that people don't know about me, and or something I don't tell people? I mean, you're very upfront. I, I don't okay. Upfront's not the right word. No, I you're think very it's like okay. open about the things that you enjoy. Yeah, right. Like you're never gonna be like um. I didn't tell you because I was embarrassed at the beginning, but I like books. It's like, no, I'm just going to talk about what I like, which I, I admire. I admire the hell out of. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I guess one spin on it might be that I meet people in, in where I work. I, I manage a library and I get a lot of older, generally women volunteering. And they are quite culturally removed from me, even though we're all English. So we're all saying, oh, hello, how are you? Lovely. It's... um. <laughs> I, I can't talk to them about anime or D and D or, or fantasy books like they don't understand, um, and very often I'll get gender stereotyped as a man. So everyone's very surprised when I say I can cook, or I'll get I'll get I'll get pigeonholed as either someone who's into books, therefore doesn't like spending time outside, or a man who obviously does practical things, therefore couldn't be interested so much in books, uh, which obviously. Both are absolutely true. I used to go camping on a super regular basis. Uh, I used to go uh, like camping rough, like with virtually nothing but a knife and some food and a sleeping bag. You know, like oh, wow. um, I had a group of friends who we did it all all through our sort of twenties. We'd go at least once a year. Um, you know, no running water, that sort of thing. Um, and it's great fun. We went in February once, which was the, one of the coldest experiences of my life. And <laughs> looking back, I don't know why we did it, but like I totally love that kind of stuff as well as. Sure sitting at home with a cup of tea reading a book and laughing at the stupid you know like 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 some of the movies i like this is what this is what made me think of it with della is is uh we were admitting movies and tv shows that we genuinely enjoyed which is not quite the same as a guilty pleasure but like it's a it's a something that you enjoy it, but you're not going to like invite anybody else to come and do it with you because like <laughs> no one else is going to want to. Uh, and I have movies like that, like like I, ha I have a weird soft spot for um um body swap movies, especially oh, like the, the old Freaky Friday. Yeah, especially like American high school cheesy comedy ones, and I don't know yeah. why they're just something wholesome and 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 simplistic about them that I can just. Listen, you yeah. can just say the hot chick. Like, you can just say that. <laughs> I have seen it <laughs> and enjoyed it. But if someone says to me, what's your favorite movie? I There's no way I'm saying she's the man or... <laughs> she's the know. man is amazing. I love it. But that I would never say it until I knew the person and be like, I like that one. <laughs> um, Someone recently told me that it was Twelfth Night. Yeah. Like, like, she's the man is an adaptation of Twelfth Night. And... In the same conversation, they were like, "Oh yeah, and ten things I hate about you is Taming of the Shrew," I was and I was like, "What? That. Like what? Like I did? I I'd seen all these films a million times, and I was like, oh, they're great.' Just like you know, like early two thousands, late nineties, like yeah, comedy endearing. But movies. that's why they're good. It's because they're Shakespearean. They're based because they're Shakespearean. So they're based on fantastic writing and and very recognizable yeah, tropes. It blew my mind when I heard it. I think it was my mom. Yeah, and I was like, damn, I'd never put that together. Anyways, uh, we're, we can't get too far off track. And also, if we talk about movies, Toho will take that's, our that's, heads. That's our first strike. We, t we yeah. mentioned movies. <laughs> that's right. we one did. strike each. Um, okay, back to questions and back to another one from Della. Yeah. Uh, 
she says in the next text after that first one she said also since you haven't talked about music much what is the song you never skip and could never get tired of Mm. um this one for me is tough not because i can't think of one but because i like i said in the first couple episodes i'm like a super heavy fixator when it comes to media like i'll watch Mm. the same movie over and over again i'll listen to the same music over and over again like i have regularly had playlists that have six songs in them and i will just shuffle that playlist for months it's i don't know it's just a weird thing that i do um so i could i could name a hundred million songs that i could listen to forever and never get tired of but the one that i'm thinking of right now and one that i just adore to death is uh it's called driving to hawaii by a band called somersault it's this really really relaxing like they literally play like ocean wave sounds over the thing it's like got this like slow surf guitar and it's talking it's just like a love song and it 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 makes me smile thinking about it every single time it just makes me so happy uh check it out great song it 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 sounds uh comforting you know there are definitely like the beach boys i used to uh listen to that a lot when i was a kid my parents would play it like we were going on a a car ride somewhere oh yeah Um, i grew up so any of that like surfer like uh upbeat kind of stuff like that that lulls me into a sort of nostalgic where i'm like oh this one but let's not say i wouldn't ever skip it because there are different times where i'm like nah it's not what i'm in the mood for um i don't know what i'd answer for this like there are some absolute classics like Jimi hendrix or like the beatles when like a classic song comes on you feel like mm. oh, i can't skip this <laughs> so good out of respect uh a lot of the time i will just put all my music on shuffle and then do the frustrating thing of skipping till I find a song I want. Oh God, that's, that's um, murder! I could never do that. But I, I got about—I think I've got about seven thousand songs on my iTunes because I'm of that age where I have all the songs on my computer. Sure. Um, and I can always find something. I've got such a variety and such a, uh, a, a quite a pool to skip through that you'll learn like mm-hmm. to, to get monotony like or, or repetition through it. Yeah, I just do that, and I'm like, I'm. I could stop on any song, really, or, or skip any song. That's fair. Uh, I've been really into um, uh, Polyphia and um, oh, Polyphia's so uh, Tool recently, yeah. And, and like discovering lesser known to me songs and and mix them in with the the more ones I really recognise. And yeah, it's great when you get your brain like locked into that kind of style. It can be hard to then just listen to like the Beach Boys. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. I was at a show, or I was working a show uh, Thursday, and mm-hmm. um, the, a, a super common thing. It's super cool. Um, a, a common thing with with people who work in audio video and like setting up shows and stuff is like a person. Obviously, there's sound equipment everywhere because you're setting up speakers and microphones and stuff. So someone will just hook up to a speaker and start playing music, and everyone, regardless of what kind of music it is, is just like, yeah, totally. Like, play whatever you want. It's super cool. Like. Uh, one of the co- one of my coworkers was like, "Hey, have you heard of this band?" And I'm like, "No, not at all. I can I don't even remember the name. It was something ridiculous." And they're like, "Yeah, they're, it's a Norwegian black metal band that uses a saxophone." Wow. And I was like, "Huh? Excuse me?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll play it." And then he played it in a room of like 75 people working and putting up stages and tables and microphones and running cables and stuff, and nobody batted an eye. It was the weirdest music I've ever heard. And they were all totally cool. But the reason I bring that up is because they started playing Polyphia and everyone was like, this is amazing. Like, what is this? <laughs> Polyphia is so good. Uh, was the band Arkef? I, I don't I don't think no, so. I, don't I remember. just Googled experimental black metal with saxophone. Apparently it's more common than you think. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, at least two bands. 
But yeah, <laughs> Polyphia, I, I was, um, uh, coincidentally, I'm going to stay with the same friends next week. But last year mm. I was staying with some friends and I'd just like gotten into like my major Polyphia phase. And I was playing on my phone. I was making breakfast or lunch or something. And I had it playing on the side in the kitchen. And uh, one of my friends, the host, walked in. And he just looked at me with a slightly concerned face. And he said, who's winning? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, it sounds like you're playing two bands at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, it's such a good description as well, because it does sound like Tim Henson's got six hands most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's brilliant. What's, uh, what, what other questions you want to do? Uh, well, after um, giving Toho a little bit of a hard time for giving us super intense questions, he's offered up uh, some lighthearted ones. Um, and uh, just before we started recording, you did admit some trepidation. In, in... I did, because I read them and I was like, oh, God, I can't think of it. Like, I, I, I can't think this quickly, Tohawk. What do you want from me? I, I quite like these because although I don't think they will necessarily stick around for our, like, interview set of questions they are definitely something which you get an insight into someone um how they react to the questions uh, the, the first one is uh what are the best or worst pickup lines you, you've ever heard and i don't think i've honestly ever used a pickup line in a, in a genuine setting but i have a hundred percent had competitions of like stupid puns or embarrassingly forward pickup lines with friends yeah uh but as you say off the top of my head i mean like you just get the absolute classics like you know did it hurt and they're like yeah when you fell from heaven it's like oh geez how could you bad 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 wrong (laughs) Um, i mean there are worse ones the the worst one I, I'll tell you the worst one I've ever heard and I am like allergic to puns I hate them so much oh I love them oh great I'm glad I've engaged in a comedy podcast with you <laughs> um the worst one I ever heard was are you a botanist because I'm dying to chlorophyll you up wow is maybe the worst one I've ever heard uh, <laughs> wow yeah not good not good bad quite bad. see see that's a pun and very sexually aggressive. It, and that's that together is either like you know, they're not going to find you sexy or funny you've ruined both avenues at that point it exists in a space of in between where it's it is at the same time a joke and the absence of comedy absolutely absolutely like it's like it is meant to be a joke like a haha funny but also like who in their right mind would think that that's actually funny the i think the the, the, the most common one i hear is um oh that outfit looks great on you, but I think it would look better on my bedroom floor. Nah, that's bad. And that's Not another, good. like, you know, blood self sex. <laughs> I'm funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's not, it doesn't fly, really. <laughs> it's like the, the climate has changed since those jokes kind of came around. People are uh, trying to yeah. practice respect, I think. Talk like a person. That's the best <laughs> pickup line. Speak like a human being and not like you're a joke book from 1997. Oh man, the amount of jokes from from the eighties and nineties, which were about like wives, mother laws, mother in laws. Oh my god, you it's know, awful. girlfriends. That whole like heteronormative, all the old ball and chain, trouble and strife. You know, um, is is it's so passe now? It's so inappropriate to to think that it's going to work. It's all. so bad. 
it's like the the freaking ride in Disneyland used to make a joke like that. Oh really? Yeah, the uh, the Jungle Cruise. You, you know the Jungle Cruise? I'm not familiar. Jungle Cruise is a ride where it's it's one of their water rides. Everybody everybody climbs into a boat. It's these big boats. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a skipper and he'll like take you through this thing and there's animatronic animals and it's like you're going through this jungle of like uh of animals you're seeing all these different scenarios of of wildlife or whatever um and uh the it's funny the ride has evolved quite a bit because it used to be in its like early days it was the same set of jokes every single time right i see because they realized that people aren't like regular disney goers like a disney trip was a much bigger deal back then so if you heard the same jokes like with like 12 years in between them it's like oh you know that's funny uh but once people started to just like write down the jokes and like make them all the time, like there's yeah. one, there's one point in the, in the ride where you go behind a waterfall and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, it's the eighth one of the world. It's the backside of water. Th- nice. that, that's the big, it's a dumb, super dumb puns like that. And one of the regular jokes that they would make every single time is there was this little stretch, uh, uh, where there were two elephants, two giant animatronic elephants. There was one on the left, and then you go a little further, there's one on the right. And at the left one, he goes, oh yeah, it's the second most dangerous animal in the world, the what so-and-so elephant from like this region. And then he pulls up to the next one, he goes, and this is the most dangerous uh, animal in the world, the other elephant's mother-in-law. Uh, and it's I like, see. oh, dude, like you can't, and they they canned it. They don't they don't say that joke anymore because it's you <laughs> can't surprised. do that. Yeah, you can't. And and now they they give it's it's fun. They give their the the skippers they call them. Uh, they give them a little bit more freedom with their jokes. Uh, and and sometimes you can go on that ride and like someone will actually be like very funny, like a well thought out like little routine based off of the animatronics. But yeah, someone who's got a little tight five in their back pocket, they can just yeah yeah yeah. yeah. That's cool. I think um. I think that kind of thing, you just get a natural progression away from, like, the way the, the worse people react to your pickup lines or your, like, sexist jokes, uh, the the more people just don't do them. But the, there is a, yeah, right. there is still a slice of society that thinks those things kind of things are hilarious, unfortunately. I don't, not in my age bracket. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't meet anybody around my age that thinks that's funny anymore, which is good. That's progress. <laughs> that is good. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. You want to move on to the next next Tohawkism? Oh yeah, the next Tohawk Tohawk uh, question was: What is one of your guilty pleasures? Uh, which we touched on a little bit earlier. We did. Uh, can I give us strike two? Yeah. The f- the film Billy Madison. <laughs> okay. The, the film That's Billy not Madison. <laughs> it's well, it's you know, um, we as a family, the seven of us, my parents, myself, and my four younger siblings, uh. I've seen that film an absurd amount of times and we quote it all the time. We always make quotes from the entire film and we were like, okay, we quote this movie so much that we're going to sit down we're going to watch this movie and I got a whiteboard and I put a tally mark every time there was a line that we regularly quote enough to be like, oh, there's one. The number, Kente, was 167 lines. Wow. 167. Guilty or not, that's definitely a a pleasure. There, that's a passion. <laughs> it's it's just I don't know why it's not a good movie. Like we know it's bad, but it's like it's yeah. just some dumb, stupid Adam Sandler humor that makes us laugh. Yeah. and we quote it literally more than any film. To 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 um confuse things a bit further, to dip back towards the Della questions, uh, this whole thing came up because 
Della is a fan of Adam Sandler movies, and I, in general, am not. Or her and favorite film of all time is an Adam Sandler movie. It's The Wedding Singer. Adam, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I never begrudge anybody their enjoyment. But yeah. I tend to not tell people that I don't like popular things. So that's a good way of putting it. Rather than having a guilty pleasure, I think for me, like, I'm not a big Disney fan. Just in right. general. There are some good movies, but, like, in general, eh, it's all just not my thing. And people are surprised. They go, but it's Disney. And don't you want to go to mm. Disneyland? And, like, it's all amazing. And I'm like, not really. So when well, you ask whether I was familiar with the with the Junk Cruise, I'm like, no. I like I don't know any, what any of the rides are at Star Wars. I mean, it's Star Wars at, uh, at Disneyland. Here's the... Uh... I think this is where the divide is. Did you grow up with Disney? Um, like as a as a young kid, yeah. did you watch Disney? You did really, and you and you grew up not liking I, it. That's funny. I saw The Lion King in the cinema on my tenth birthday. Oh like, wow! That that was like absolutely banging the formative childhood years. Right, just didn't quite make the impact it did on other people. I don't know because yeah, people my age at least are very much like if you grew up with it and you watched it as a little little kid and it was like formative for you, you like it, and if not, you didn't. But uh I get it, right? Like I I'm a, I'm a Disney person. I'm a big Disneyland fan. Let's put it that way. I love yes. theme parks yes. and intricate Disney rides. I I love Disney. I've been to Disneyland like 18 times and I'm only 22. Like I I I've been there many many times. I love it to death. Uh also I live in California, which is like it's a lot easier to get there. I don't live in like Baton Rouge, Louisiana where it's like you have to fly there or whatever. <laughs> uh but still, you know. Not, uh, that's not to- not to call out our Baton Rouge, Louisiana listeners. Sure, all zero, <laughs> probably. Uh, but but you know what I mean. It's like I, I'm I'm very close, and I was able to go there a lot when I was a little kid because my parents loved it too. Um, so that's kind of where my nostalgia for Disney kind of permeated is the 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 theme park. Yeah, uh, but I get it. Like, uh, uh, back to your original statement. Like, I do feel an anxiety when bringing up in conversation that a thing that is well-liked, I dislike. Yeah. Because I grew up, especially with people I, like, went to high school with and stuff, I grew up with massive, massive contrarians who think it's, like, a part of their personality to dislike things that are well-liked and like things that are well-disliked. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, like, an aspect of human beings that I just can't stand. So I don't want to be that person to be like, oh, well, I didn't like so-and-so. But it's like, I, you know, I try and keep balance between respecting my actual opinion on something and like making sure I'm not doing it just because people like it, which I think is shitty. Yeah. There's definitely like that recurring philosophy of like, it's cool to not care. Mm -hmm. And like, if you care about something too much, then you're a nerd or, or, or whatever, you know? And I think that has worn off somewhat and people just generally now it's cooler to be like, Hey, I like what I like. And this is what I'm into. But when you want to admit that you don't like something that's super popular, originally you would have been like a hipster, like, oh, I'm only into the cutting edge, whatever. But kind of now it's the other way around. Now you're like, why not? You know, what's what's the problem? (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and obviously I would support not judging people either way, but, but... there are things like yeah, like I I would never walk up to someone and be like, "Hi, my name's Kinte. Nice to meet you. Can I get you a drink?" I hate Disney, and they'd be like, <laughs> "Excuse me." It's like it's never going to be the first thing you lead with because you're yeah, one hundred percent. You know, uh, so maybe that's the worst picket line: is just admit all the popular things you really don't like straight up front. Like I don't like the Beatles. That's that's one I hear a lot. 
that's people I are, mean that's cutting out a worried. lot of conversation. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But but what I mean is that people are concerned about admitting that they don't like the Beatles because people who do are like, how can you not? They're fundamental. They're influential. They're instrumental. They're all these, you know, they they are a, a a landmark in music history. But like, see that like that I think like that I think is another generational divide. Where people yeah. my age, when I was growing up, were stoked to announce that they did not like the Beatles. They're like, I don't get it, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I, I understand if it's really not your thing, and like you genuinely just don't like the kind of music, or you just don't like the music that they make. I get it. Have your yeah. opinion and respect it. But don't do it just because they're like one of the biggest rock and roll bands of all time. Like, don't, right. don't, they're huge, right? Don't do it because they're huge. Do it because you don't like it. I, I'm, I'm resisting so hard right now mentioning people who haven't read the King Killer Chronicles, because okay. they get told to read it by me and a lot of my friends, and the more we tell them, the less they want to. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> it's fair. like a, you know, it's, it's like an anti-hype thing. If it's hyped up, it's more pressure to like it, and then you don't want to do it at all. I can't understand right. that. But like when someone comes up to me and they say, "Oh my god, I love this thing," I want to check it out. Like genuinely, mm-hmm. I will. I will happily be like, "Hey, if it's popular, it's got to be popular for a reason, right?" It's always been important to me. I, I've always taken it very seriously when someone is like, "Hey, here's a thing that I like that I think you'll like." Like, I I, I see that as a huge respect. So, yes. I will always try it. And if I super totally hate it, then it's like you know whatever. I I I still consume something. Like, uh, we watched. Oh my god, I'm gonna talk about movies again. I won't name the name of the movie. We watched a movie. <laughs> Della and I and a couple other people that that other than one of the people in the group, most of us really didn't like. And Della was very apologetic. She's like, I'm really sorry. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have picked the movie if it if I'd known that it was going to be great. And then I, I thought to myself, and I was like, no, absolutely not. I I every film I see, whether it's a one out of ten, a five out of ten or a ten out of ten, like hones my opinion on film and i feel the same way about music I feel the same way about books I feel everything every piece of media it's like everything i consume is not wasted time that's just no further honing the edge of what you like and dislike in media and i love that that's why I, that's why i consume so much of it that's why i in uh, in my adulthood at least uh do my best to consume as much of it as i can absolutely i think that's super important yeah it's um I don't know if I uh, if I told this story on the podcast. I don't think I have. Um, I had an experience uh, where I was with some friends. They were watching uh, the latest Twilight movie. Had just come out on DVD. Okay. Stop me if I have. And um, I don't think so. We were hanging out, and this guy I knew and his sister were quite into Twilight. And I was with a couple other friends, and they sat down in what they had was like a reptile house shed lounge. It was like a big quality like wooden structure in the garden which had terrariums okay. around the outside and a big tv and an xbox and a coffee table a hangout place and um it was it was in the evening and uh the lights in the room were turned off but the lights from the terrariums were still on so i was able to sit at one end of the sofa and read my book and ignore the fact they were going to be watching twilight <laughs> okay um because I hadn't seen it, but I didn't want to see it. I think it was the second movie, and I was like, I don't care. Like, I just, I know I don't like the <laughs> franchise already. Um, and about three minutes into the movie, the timer on the terrarium lights clicked off, and we were plunged into complete darkness. I had no choice but to watch Twilight for the next 
two hours. Oh, and like, no. I would count that as like wasted time <laughs> because I knew I wouldn't <laughs> like it. But I really? agree That's with you so on the whole in general. <laughs> like, I don't need to. I, I will watch most things and get a get a, a a contrasting view. Like, I'll watch bad movies to see how bad they are. But, like, if it's, like, the second or third movie in a series I know I'm never going to watch, why bother? Like, it's just two hours of your time where you could be doing something else that you know you'll enjoy. And Twilight's that for me, unfortunately. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I was, I was like... Oh God, I don't I don't remember how old I was when those books started beginning pop or becoming popular. Probably like twelve, thirteen. And and back then you read a story like that and you're like, wow, it's sweeping and romantic and there's action and drama and like you just get swept up in it. And now I'm like a person with opinions and now I'm like, oh, never mind. Especially the movies. The movies yeah. are hard to return to. Absolutely. Um, uh, I was like seeing the uh, interviews with Robert Pattinson who played Edward and <laughs> seeing his just abject hatred <laughs> for yeah. those films. I don't, I don't blame him because not only was he in a movie which was not a good adaptation of a not a good book, he was also at the center of a, a hurricane of adoring fans that he wanted nothing to do with because he was like, I don't care about this IP. You know, and he was the main leading male, you know, the heartthrob. It, it interests me when actors or, um, it, I think this happens even more with musicians uh, or, or music acts, bands or whatever. Um, they The thing that made them popular, like the big thing that they did, mm. they always, in later on in their career, start to reject. Um, which is yeah. fascinating to me. Like I, 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 always, I always found it weird that people would do that. The, the biggest example that I can think of is uh, the song I Write Sins Not Tragedies by Panic! at the Disco. Oh, yeah. And how much that bit, well, it's just one guy at this point, but how much that band at this point hates that song. Yeah, you have to play it every show because everyone wants to hear it, but you've heard yeah. it every other day for the past 12 years. I get it. I totally do. I, I understand yeah. getting sick of it. But also, like, don't act like that thing you made a long time ago now sucks and you hate it and you shouldn't right. have made it. You can be sick of it because you've been playing it for 15 years or whatever. But, you know, have some. it's the thing that made you your money, you know? It's just the thing that made you big. Like, Absolutely. You know. um, Toho suggested a, a game of sorts, uh, which would be you. Uh, I believe that the the uh, pitch was you take the name of a movie, and you pick a word that would redefine it. Such as if you put the word "sword" in pretty much any movie's name, it becomes a fantasy movie. Um, and oh, the okay. idea being that you change the name of the movie, you pick a word to replace, and then it becomes a new concept, and you discuss what that movie would be like. Uh, which is a way of talking about movies without just boring people about, oh, I saw a movie and I really liked it. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, so the example we discussed was Sword. So, so like, um, you know, Lord of the Rings might become Lord of the Swords or Sword of the Rings. Sure. Um, Sword of the Rings would be a very odd movie to pitch. Like, there's a sword and there's some rings. Yeah, the swords of the rings. Like, someone melted a bun down a bunch of rings, made it into a sword. <laughs> and they, they just kill married couples or something like what would the i can't imagine what that concept would be so dark whereas lord of the swords is a much more traditional fantasy movie where it's just a guy with who's got all the swords or a big sword uh yeah um uh in in my senior year in high school we used to play this game but it was it was a little different i think i think you're thinking of like picking a word and adding it to a bunch of different films we would always yes. take 
films and change one word like very slightly and it like changes uh, the uh-huh. entire context of the film yeah. like the biggest one uh that that I, the, one of the ones that i can remember i should say is uh, raiders of the lost park <laughs> and it which is a lot far less dramatic yeah <laughs> uh and then what's the other one? Oh, the fish element is another oh, one yeah, so, so the fifth element <laughs> so it's a <laughs> stupid stupid game well, that earth, air, fire, water, and fish. <laughs> that's that, that's the, the fish element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh... I like these games. I think it would be best served if listeners were to submit a subtly changed movie and ask us oh, to interpret it. That's such a good idea. That way, it's not us sitting here going, um, well, how about we put the word corgi in the film you know whatever and trying to figure out something funny um Um, i love this and i think we should expand it to more than just movies i think it should be books i think it should be albums i think it should be tv shows i think it should be any kind of media that has like a name absolutely and if 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 you just if you can think of one that you can just tweak a little bit uh and send it on to us we will try and 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 come up with like the pitch or like the, the outline, I, I suppose, of like of that, what that uh, would be. That sounds hilarious. Like that classic uh, sitcom, The Golden Grills, which is oh about barbecues. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like you know those stupid shows where it's like competition shows of like who can make the best. I don't know, like tire iron or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. hyper specific, like manufacturing. That sounds like a barbecue manufacturing competition show. It does. It really does. Sounds awful. Yeah. The big wang theory. There's lots we can we can explore. <laughs> oh my god! You just said the phrase "the big wang theory" on a podcast that other people are going to listen to. I have to edit that. I'm going to hear that more than once. <laughs> but you'll never know what the show is because we're moving on. Okay, yeah, we're, we're, we're shifting. <laughs> uh, I think we should move on to cultural differences. Let's have the old... Oh, let's do it. I was going to say the old favourite. It said only been four episodes, but yeah, the old favourite back again. <laughs> Our old friend. <laughs> and we have had some submissions of uh, suggestions Ooh. for this. Uh, mostly from my friend Alfie again, from, from my side. Thank you, um, Alfie. Goodness. Yeah, he and he he's, he's uh, furnished me with not only some good suggestions, but also some uh, uh, anecdotal... Uh, go along sides which is, which is great mm. um there is a there is a british uh comedian tv host called richard osman he he's moderately popular he's also an author these days on british tv he's a he's a large respectable man who's who's quick with puns and facts and figures he's a very smart gentleman and um he tweeted uh, just explained to a, a delighted American that we call crosswalks zebra crossings. Uh, she then asked what we call crossing guards, and I said lollipop ladies. And now she thinks I've made the whole thing up. What? Right? Are so, you talking about? So when you say crosswalks, you're talking about like the lines on the road to help pedestrians cross the traffic, you know, without jaywalking, which is also not a thing in the UK. We don't have jaywalking as a law. Um, oh. Ours are named. After animals, because zebra, black or black and white, kind of makes sense. Uh, but depending on the style, like some have an island in the middle with traffic lights, and some are just a, 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 a like a you you cross when there's no traffic rather than like having to press a button or whatever. So we have zebra crossings, pelican crossings, toucan crossings, like different class, all named after like jungle animals. 
Are you uh, serious? You're lying. Yeah. This is no. a lie. This is a bit. Nope. If you if you're if you're in the UK and like you see school kids and you're worried about them, like the parents will say use a zebra crossing. Like it's a perfectly normal thing. We call them zebra crossings. It's normal. Zebra Crossing and the Lollipop Ladies is a band that I have heard a song from. <laughs> like they well, the are a 70s funk band that I have Lollipop heard. Lollipop Ladies are called Lollipop Ladies because where you have a school setting where there are young kids essentially not with a parent or guardian, they cross the road together and the Lollipop Lady is a woman dressed in high vis, you know, reflective outfit, and she has a stop sign on a pole that looks yeah, like on a, a pole, bit, yeah, a crossing like a lollipop. And because the sign looks a little bit like a lollipop, and it's traditionally a female role, they're called lollipop ladies. Do you guys stop to think that that's like, <laughs> as a culture, you decided that? I think what like, happens You never is... just like chuckle to yourself like, oh yeah, we call them lollipop ladies. <laughs> I think we do. And I think what happens is the colloquial name becomes the normal one. And then it gets Americanized into a more reasonable, like, why would we call it that? Because you haven't got the context of just everyone knows it. So, yeah. like, we're not going to call it a zebra crossing. We're going to call it a crosswalk because it's where you walk when you cross. There's a lot of, like, real, like, literal, like, you mm. say sidewalk, whereas we say pavement because it's paved. But you say sidewalk because you walk at the side, you know? Sure. It all makes sense. I think... Yeah, that like pavement is more like focusing on the thing itself, and and sidewalk is the thing you do on it. Yes, which I think that, that's a big divide. Uh, but just like in, I'm trying to think of something American that we call like like a name for something that we call it that is like silly, but we don't realize it's silly because we say it all the time. Um, I can think of lots of differences, but I don't know whether you'd think they were silly or not. I, well, let me run through a few. I can think of the classic boot versus trunk of your car. Um, oh, you call it the boot? I've never heard that before. The boot. And I don't know why we call it the boot, because trunk comes from literally strapping a trunk to the back of your car. Yeah. And you would be able to then remove it. Like, that makes sense. Your luggage is actually in a trunk. I don't yeah, know I why we call it boot. From. Let me have a look. Um, yeah, so we say boot and bonnet instead of trunk and hood. Bonnet? Um, Really? Yeah, as as in like uh, both the, articles the, of clothing. Yes, I guess that's it. Like the boot goes at the back, and but then you'd call the tires the boots, wouldn't you? Man, I, I, I don't mean, know. conceptually, yeah, but whatever. But the bonnet, yeah, goes over the top of the front. You can see how that's like slightly clothing related. Sure, uh, I but I, I don't see them as weird in the American ones. I see them weird in the British ones, or at least less less logical, less straightforward. Um. I'm trying yeah. to think of uh, uh, of others, like just off the top of my head, there are there are so many. I mean, like like you would say, um, sucker for for a lollipop because you literally suck them. I wouldn't say that. I don't think anybody after 1965 would say. Oh, that. Oh, what would you say? Lollipop. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's it's always been lollipop for me. I guess that's that's. It was always like like when your when your grandma. Your super old grandma would give you a lollipop. She'd call it a sucker. Like that was like, ah. the thing. There's probably quite a skewing of British perception then towards like older American terms. Yeah, totally. Uh, and vice versa, I think, because a lot of young people are quite Americanized with social media and TV. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they'll know both terms, like sneakers versus trainers. You know, yeah, I mean, those both makes. I mean, actually, trainers make more sense to me than sneakers. You train like, them. Yeah, I don't know what sneak means. But then um, some people would just say running shoes because that's, that's what true. you do with them, you know. Um, uh, a big debate within the United States on on what to call things is is the soda pop oh, coke yeah. debate. 
uh i am california it's always been soda for me i've never i've never had any anybody in my life ever call it a pop or a soda pop that just sounds like i don't know it sounds like an old cartoon to me um but there are, i know i know for a fact that there are people that that call it pop i know soda pop and there are some regions where like it's just coke yeah, that's a brand so yeah because i i can understand like uh saying soda but that's quite an american term to me uh hmm. mostly we either say fizzy drinks or we really? say soft drinks or yeah soft pop. drinks is a big one for us or, or, or pop we do also say pop just as like okay. that's more of a kidsy term i guess like do yeah. you want some pop rather than like oh can i get a soft drink please mm. you know um yeah but coke is coke like the, i i have heard people talk about this where they say like oh yeah so yeah do you want a coke or like what kind do you want sprite seven up it's like no that's, that's so funny <laughs> um that is an interesting thing that uh was brought to my attention recently that i never thought of is that there are a lot of things at least in america i can't speak for the uk or anywhere else mm -hmm. but there are a lot of things that we call by a common name that are just brand names like coke yeah. is a big one that people use for soda like band-aid i didn't know until very late in my life that that is a brand name bandage yeah we don't call them i didn't i didn't, I didn't know that um and then kleenex is the other one for like for right. like tissue yeah uh like can, can you hand me a kleenex is like a super super common phrase uh yeah. here anyways and, and that's a brand i never thought about it that way we have a lot of those. Instead yeah. of vacuum cleaner, we tend to say Hoover, which was a popular Hoover's brand. Hoover's a brand? Yeah. I thought that it was just like a thing you called it. No, no, yeah. And uh, ballpoint pens, we tend to call Byros, because they were... Oh, I've never uh, heard that. The Adventure, I believe. It was called B-Roll, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, so do you, do you know what we call Band-Aids in the UK? No, what do you call uh, take a wild guess. You're never going to guess, but I'm just curious. Like, I don't know. What does your American the brain assume that our, our stupid English sensibilities are going to call them? What is it like? A like? Oh, just just slap on a banana hammock. <laughs> Cover up that cut with a banana hammock. Not not even close. We we call them plasters, which I uh, which I think is like related. That's a to weird like, term. Like a Ew, bandage. That's gross. You like you like plaster on like for a, put plaster on for a broken arm that kind of thing that makes me that makes me think of like i don't know that makes me think of like putting a bandage over your arm like you're fixing a wall <laughs> like it's like yeah it's not a thing it's like you're healing that's weird yeah, i don't know why they're called plasters but that's funny i never i've never heard that before yes um yes that's another thing my friend had to deal with when she was looking after british kids you know was like they'd be like can i get a plaster and they'd be like a what what are you talking about plaster <laughs> of paris yeah, <laughs> that's funny. We got a couple more from Tohawk uh, that 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 are are some good things that we haven't mentioned yet in terms of cultural differences. Mm -hmm. We can just do them real quick because sure. I don't think that there, there's like a lot of conversation around them, and then we can move on. Um, and then we'll save the rest of them for another time. Uh, a big difference between the way I think and the way you think culturally is uh, how old is old and how far away is far. I also have the suggestion. Uh, especially related to uh, history of buildings and things. I I live in a really big country that isn't very old, and you live in a very small country that is insanely old, that has things yeah. from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. That's true. I have a fun story about this. Uh, when you say old to me, it's really contextual. Like, uh, if you talk about an old building, I'd think, like, at least 400 years old, I would mm. say. 
is old. Because uh, new could easily be like the 1920s, you know? Like, sure, so, sure. So to me, 100 years is new. Um, whereas in America, I imagine that's less less the case. Oh, yeah. If a building was built before, like, 1950, I think that'd be considered an old building. Yeah. Like, the, oh, that, that, that house is old. And then, like, before the 1900s, forget about it. Like, that's like, how's that thing even standing? <laughs> like, that kind of thing. So, I, I got a question for you. Uh, how old is an old book to you? If someone says, oh, that's an old book, that is. Is that, like, 1970s, 60s? I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I mean, like, yeah, my mind goes to. I mean, like, you guys have like the Book of Kells in Ireland, which is like sure. insanely ancient, but that's like a thing in a museum. That's not like a book you can find on the shelf. Like, I could go into a bookstore and find a copy of, I, yeah. I, I don't know, some some book from like the eighteen hundreds that was reprinted in nineteen sixty. And it's yeah. super old, right? The pages are weathered, like it's got that old book smell. But like that's old, I guess. But well, this is a perfect setup because I was uh, very lucky to be invited to a uh, a cousin of mine's wedding a couple of years ago, and meet some absolutely fascinating people from their side of the family, which I, I hadn't met before. And one of them was this gentleman who uh, I won't mention specifically, but he's quite high up in some of the more ancient workings of the british monarchy like he's not he's not royalty but he's like he's in charge of one of those like mysterious organizations that does stuff with old books and manuscripts and like like uh makes everything continue rolling like it used to do in the old days like it's all the the jobs that like they pay people like a pound for these days because it's not a proper job anymore it's like a title and a and a robe and like they wander around saying weird stuff now and again okay he dressed up like a playing card and like goes in parades and things. <laughs> okay. Uh, but fascinating guy. And, and he trained as a lawyer and has just been steeped in this old world royalist stuff his whole life. And first time I met him and we were shaking hands and uh, he was saying, yeah, you know, he speaks like that and you can hardly tell what he's saying. <laughs> so British. And someone asked him what kind of books he read. And he said, oh, nothing very modern, usually just old books. And he said, and someone said to him, what do you consider old? And he said, oh, anything fifth century and before. Fifth century? <laughs> to put it in context, Book of Kells is ninth century. So he's talking about, like, 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 real, like, basic, like, historical finds and stuff like that. Just, oh just, my it, god! It boggled my mind. I was just like, who is this man? And how do people like this exist? Our country, the society? country I live in, was founded in the 16th century. Or no, yeah. 18th? I always forget if it's one before or one after. The 16th century is the 1700s. Is that, am I wrong in that? Uh, yeah, you're right. The, 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 the 1600s is the 17th century. Like, oh, shit, I got it backwards then. It's the yeah, 18th cause, century. Cause Even you older count, than... You count all of the years until you hit 17, and then it's yes, the 17th yes, century. Yes, you're right. That's true. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, the 1700s. And he's talking about, what is the 5th century? The 400s? Yeah. So, oh this is a man who has made a study of historical families and uh, uh, and like heraldry and stuff. So he has to read a lot of old stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, and he's just so stoked, steeped in that, that he can't, like, I, you can imagine reading Twilight, you know, like, what would it mean to him? <laughs> just such nonsense. <laughs> like, like, what What would that do in his brain? Like, I, you know, I don't think he has time for any kind of fictional nonsense, you know? No, he's just, no way. Uh, he was a fascinating guy. And um, the uh, I, I met him at a, at a party before the wedding, and then... Uh, after the wedding and the reception, I met a different guy. This is a totally different guy. He was from Australia. I think he was the mother of the bride's brother-in-law or something. Real tenuous link. Like, I, I had no relation to it whatsoever. And he walked up to me and he said, one of the both, uh, kind of mixed compliment, I guess. But he said, he said, as soon as I saw you, I thought, there's a guy who's going to have an interesting conversation. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, is that good or? I think that's good. But we started talking fun. about, yeah, we started talking about like uh, old British landmarks like Stonehenge, you know. Uh, mm. And uh, we were in a historical castle at the time, and uh, we started talking about stuff. And he said, "Yeah, I've been all over France. I've you know looked at the the, the henges down there, all the standing stones and stuff. It's amazing." Yeah. And I said, "You want to go and talk to that man over there?" <laughs> and I pointed him <laughs> at the gentleman. And he said, why? And I said, he's such an interesting person and he's so smart. Every question he asks you, you can feel he's like measuring you uh, with these questions. And he's so out of touch with everything I'm in touch with. It's absolutely fascinating. So I sent the guy off and he went and spoke to this other man and came back and he said, oh, you're absolutely right. So that was the most fascinating conversation I've ever had, which I thought was was amazing. Like uh, in terms of like what we're talking about here, what you think of old, what you think of far, like there are things and there are people in England that still live partially in that world of like <laughs> the continuity of those family trees and the continuity of those jobs and those titles come all the way down the line and there's someone who is the current lord of whatever or bishop this or you know and they live in that world and then to their mold is way back. I can just imagine that guy sitting there at the table at the wedding, just like with a book of iatrology from like the third century. Right. Just like... And just being like, hmm, interesting, this Jesus Christ. You know, that's like, that's who he is. Oh, it's that's amazing. So funny. Yeah. Oh my God, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then the other half of that question was, how far away is far? And this was one that I directly experienced when I was in mm. Ireland. Uh, we met up with one of my dad's coworkers who lives in Cork, Ireland, and we took a train down to Cork from dublin uh spent the day there uh and 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 he was driving us to where we were going like towards the the center of cork from the train station and he's like sorry that took so long and it was like 17 minutes the drive <laughs> and i was like what are you talking about that's like my drive to the grocery store like i drive i drive yeah. like 35 to 40 minutes to work every day <laughs> like it's it, it's not and that that was interesting to me of like you guys live in a small country, and you guys do. I mean, yours is much yeah. bigger, but you still like things are not far away from each other. Like, no, is, not at all. What is a long drive for you? Like, what's a long distance drive from like one town to another? Like on a trip, what would you consider that? <sighs> well, it's interesting. It's a perfect example right there. If I just estimated Dublin to Cork and underestimated it by about half, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I thought, oh, that's a fair distance, like down down the coast and across the country it's got to be mm. 100 miles and it was 160 um i would consider it a long way to london for me which is about three hours drive okay um but like 
Yeah, the nearest like big major city to me is like an hour away. I would call that a long drive. Like, oh yeah, go I mean all that's, the way in there, that's like, inconvenient. You, know. you can't yeah. just like, oh, I'm gonna head head over to whatever that town is for dinner. Like that's that's too far. You can't. Right, exactly. But um, uh, I think there are parallels between like just suburban America where you have to drive to go to like mm. wherever it is you're going, and also rural England where you live in a small town. There's probably a, a local shop in your village, but like if you want to go anywhere major, you're gonna have to drive half an hour, forty minutes somewhere. Yeah, like, that's right. You know, so I do, th- I do think it translates a bit. But when you talk about like, oh, it's a special trip. Like you go to your grandma's for Christmas, and you only mm-hmm. see her once a year. A long trip for us would be like four, five, six hours, like going north yeah. to south in the country. Whereas in America, that's like, oh, it took us three days. Like, yeah, we drove that's across I mean... America. I've never risked that. I'm I am cool with flying. Uh, yes, I think flying is a lot more just like acceptable here. I mean, may, may, maybe not not acceptable, but like flying for you means like I'm probably going to a different country. <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm not going to fly from it from make one sense. place to another. Yeah, and internally it wouldn't make sense for me to like drive to London and get a flight to Edinburgh and then like drive into the city. Because yeah. the drive is probably about the same length as the flight. Yeah, totally. You know, so you might as well have just driven up the country or taken a train. Yeah, that's um, fair. There's a train um, that goes straight up England from London to Edinburgh, you know, nonstop sort of thing. So you can just, I think it takes so, about eight, eight hours. For for context, where I live right now in Sacramento, um, San Francisco is probably two and a half hours away. Right. And uh, Los Angeles is anywhere from six to seven, and that's like that's like normal. That's nothing. <laughs> um, I know, like like you know, Phoenix, where Della lives, that's that that's a thirteen hour drive right there. Uh, yeah, there's no reason why you would do that over flying, uh, other than maybe like I don't know if you, if you don't like flying or a fear of it, or, or you just rather save the money or sure. or spend your money on gas rather than plane tickets. I get it. It's it flying is a hassle, but for my money at least i would never pick the driving route unless it was like like anywhere outside of california interesting um and there's also you mentioned like there are places rurally that you that like, are isolated like in there's Hawaii. one shop and you could, there's i mean there are states that are that way in in the united states yes um and even in california i think i think a, a big misconception to people outside of the country is like california is very concentrated because there's a lot of people here we're like mm-hmm. the fifth biggest economy in the world and we're a single state uh, but there are huge, huge portions of California that are just not desolate, but just rural. Like there's, yeah. there's, there are huge, huge stretches of just absolute nothing in the middle of the state. And once you get closer to the coast, you know, you, you, you get a little, a little bit more concentrated, but like the drive from where I am in, in central North ish, California down to like LA, like Disneyland, it's, it's like, that's like going through a few cities, a bunch of absolutely nothing, like four hours of nothing of just flat roads and, and farms. Uh, and then Los Angeles, <laughs> like it's yeah. uh, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of spaced out stuff here. That's interesting. Cause I definitely do have that impression of like, if you scale up England into America, it would be a lot more crowded because while we are small, we have quite a lot of people and there are rural areas, right? Most places you go, you're going to hit a small town or a village somewhere, and there'll be another little set of like a, a post office and a shop and a news agent mm-hmm. and a cafe. You know, like 
you gotta you gotta you've actually gotta put some effort in to find an area where there's nothing at all. How many people are in the UK? Like sixty five, seventy million? Um let me check. Uh yeah, sixty seven point two two. So yeah, twenty twenty. Uh, California has thirty. Around thirty to thirty three million, if memory serves. So we have half of your country's population. One. You said thirty nine, almost forty. Yeah, as of so it's over. So it's over half yeah. of uh, of your entire country's population, and and we're just one state. So it's like th- it is the population state, is wildly different, spread out wise. It's a bigger state. It's a much bigger state. Um, but you know, C- California is almost twice the area of the UK. Is that true? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Absolutely, it's a it's a it's a big old state. It's so funny that like the the going from the top to the bottom of your country is like staying in the same state as mine. <laughs> like that's so weird to me. Yeah, it's and it's interesting because everyone knows that England's that small little well, uh, the UK is that small little set of islands, but the actual like comparison in 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 poverty dens- density and that sort of thing is really interesting. Because London is obviously a huge city, and oh, yeah. similar to, yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, compared to LA, um, what what the population is like. What's what's what percentage uh, is the LA population of California? It's four, um, almost it? four million. Uh, of what, what is it? Los Angeles is four million. Yeah. So it'd be a, so, what is it? A tenth. Ten percent. Yeah, uh, and and London is is almost nine million, so not quite a tenth. Okay. So, so LA is more densely populated than London is compared to the rest of California, compared to the UK. But um, in general, it's probably similar. There are areas where there are less, and areas where there are more. Yeah. And and cities that are chunky but not LA. Uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I just sat back and realized that we're an hour and ten minutes into this episode, and half of it has been questions and half of it has been cultural differences i think that's all right i, I yeah, like no, that's fine this. with me uh i think uh when we look at what we've got remaining uh um yeah i mean there's a whole bunch of stuff we could just do next week as well. yeah we'll just, <laughs> we'll just tack it on to the next one i yeah. like it um do we want to quickly go through our our end of show stuff and stuff yeah. that we, we definitely have to get out in this episode yeah i um I do have some apologies, which, as I said last week, I actually noticed after I'd said them, and the moment had gone past, I was like, oh, shit, I think I got that wrong. Oh, that's right. I, and I told you to save it for this episode, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, one of them is I said uh, uh, Robert Opie, and uh, I meant Julian Opie. Oh, uh, whoops. We were talking about uh, your cat, and I said, oh, is it named after the artist? And I meant to say Julian Opie. Oh, that's right. You did say that. That's funny. I never uh, Robert that. Opie was a collector of brand packaging and ran a museum near where some of my family lives, which is why I'm familiar with the name. Oh. Like he's, he's not how a famous are, person. How, how specific? He, he just owned the Robert Opie collection. So it's okay. Uh, and I also said, uh, I think I said something about... Um, uh, 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 Riker, the character from Star Trek. Yeah, and I was unsure about his middle name. I think I said William T. Riker, and I thought I got it wrong because it should be James T. Kirk, but it actually is also T. His middle oh. name begins with a T. So, uh, are you correcting your correction as it's I, happened? I, I, after I'd said it, I thought, oh shit, I think I got that wrong. But now I look at it, I think I got it right. So, I mean, <laughs> I so we still don't exactly know exactly what I said. I think I said William T. Riker, so I think I was, I was right. 
Uh, it's William Howard Taft. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, because Riker is famously, you know, one of the American presidents. <laughs> sure. Uh, we should give credit to Face. Thank you, yes, Face. Absolutely, we love you to death for our intro and outro music. Um, like I said, working on working on a more permanent uh, solution, but as of right now, we love it. And like I said last time, or one of the episodes, I genuinely it just plays in my head all the time <laughs> it's just going yeah. through my head all the time so it's great thanks it's lovely i i've been thoroughly enjoying it and, and at some point we'll become famous and, and rich enough that we'll be able to pay royalties for it yes absolutely <laughs> um and then i'm i'm leaving the outro to you man you argued right. with me about it what do you what do you want to do <laughs> well first of all i would like to say have we evolved and i think this I think episode we- is <laughs> it's a great example of how we're really trying very hard. <laughs> we really want to fit these features in and, and make them streamlined. But I mean, this is still definitely a work in progress. So yeah. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit in there, but. Uh, and we just talk. We need to shut up. Like for two guys that run a podcast, we need to stop talking. Absolutely. Like we, we just keep on going about stupid shit. And I, I think some people would argue and say, that's what I like about it. But I do uh, think there's I definitely hope, a limit. I really hope so. Uh. So for this outro, I think I would like to formulate, you can tell me whether you like this or not, as can the listeners, but I'd like right. to formulate a sort of structure to it. And I'd like to say what we can look forward next to, what we can look forward to next time. Because as we start talking about switching features in and out, um, all that reminds me, as we talk about next time, we need to save the scores for cultural differences oh yeah that's right uh we set up the score the thing and then we, we never did actually did it uh well here's the thing we didn't debate things right we didn't like actually know. actively go over like what's better well crosswalk zebra crossing oh, shit we I did <laughs> who gets the point i think what we'll have i to think do. we do but whatever, whatever we should we'll worry about it later i guess so what we'll do is we'll um sit down and figure it out behind the scenes and next time at the beginning we'll we'll release the official score right so i think at the beginning of cultural differences we should say after much deliberation and audience feedback from last week the scores are and then we'll carry on um i think saying what we can look forward to next time is a a positive thing because we can say we're going to do some more questions and we're going to do some more cultural differences yeah uh and we're also going to actually try and sneak a word into the episode. Because I got this time, mine. I had one and I didn't manage to say it. So. I did it. Did you catch it? Really? No, I have no idea what it was. Really? Yeah. Should I tell you next episode or should I tell you now? I want to know what it is now. It was iatrology. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's, like, an, it's like a very old word for the study of medicine. I heard you pull that out of your ass, and I just thought, yeah, that's appropriate. That's, <laughs> that is likely. Yeah, no, I just use like this like weird word generator that gives me a bunch of r- really long, hyper-specific words. So I, I was hoping to say Miso-American at some point. Oh, that's so good. That's uh, so good. I would have been like, that's the one. I would have got that in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't do it then. Um, so yeah, uh, if anybody has any more suggestions for either of those sections that we're definitely going to do next week, or any more suggestions for new sections, we'll try and make room for them. Yep. Um, and then I think we should just finish with our classic I'm John Kinte. And I'm Holly Davenport. And then I say, and remember, be your best at the only kind of yourself that it can be. Since it's like it. not in the intro, then we just fade out on that delightful logical inspiring 
perfectly sensible sentence. I like it. It's clean. Here's the issue, though. We're engaged in this right now. Did did what we just do? Was that it? Are yeah. we, is the music playing? Are we done? Yeah, the podcast ending right now. Can they can they hear us? Can they? No, we are, are ghosts we, in the wind. Are we gone? I, I hope so. I'm not, floating not. away. <laughs> bye bye. See you bye. next time. See you next week. <laughs>